Welcome to the B-Side Podcast, dedicated to country music and concert junkies. Your hosts, Stacy and Andy Best, take you behind the scenes and introduce you to the amazing fans and team that support your favorite country artist. You'll meet the talent behind the talent and hear their contributions to your live country concert experience. We're glad you're here and hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the B-Side Podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of hanging out with Joey Prusky. He's a multifaceted musician, a singer, and is also currently the bass player for country star Cody Johnson. Thank y'all again for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for getting on. Uh, much appreciated. Somebody as talented as you coming on to, to speak with us is a much of a pleasure. Talented's a little bit of a loose term. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's, uh, I'm sure you're being modest. Uh, oh, no, no. Considering uh, who you're playing with to get to the point where you're at today uh, is, is something uh, not to sneeze at for, for any stretch of the imagination. And we love country music. And we've, we like to follow a lot of musicians. We, we travel around to see a lot of concerts. And I know how hard it is for you to be in a place that you're at. So I say congratulations. That's right. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> Slow clap. <laughs> Slow clap. <laughs> No, thank y'all very much. I just, I try to keep a minimal ego as much as possible. So that way I don't get myself into trouble. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, what we always like to do is really understand your journey and kind of where it started, because I know it probably took a long time for you to get to where you're at and kind of where you're from, how you started, what was your first instrument that you even started playing? Uh, my music history dates back to actually being a, a small child. My parents actually bartended at the local dance hall uh, where I was born and raised from, which is uh, San Antonio area, south of there. And so ever since I was a, a little boy, I watched bands load in, and play shows and load out from the dance hall. And it always just intrigued me from the very, very start. Really from there, I got into the whole high school band. Uh, I was a band nerd for all the band nerds out there. I'm, I'm one of y'all. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and... That's when I realized that that music was going to be a big part of my life. And truth be told, Miles and I and another friend of ours from the drum line, which, by the way, I did start in the drum line when I was in high school band. Uh, that's me right there. Snare line. <laughs> I was a snare player as well. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Miles and I, that's how we met and got to be such good friends. And the two of us and uh, one of our other friends decided that we were going to start a punk rock band. And I know that sounds a little weird to everybody, but at that time we were, we just thought we were the coolest kids in the world. So we wanted to play punk music. <laughs> so you go from snare. So walk me through this snare playing trap set at some point. Nope. Or did you nope. walk right into, I think I need to play bass because I want to be out front. Uh, well, actually nobody else wanted to play bass in the first band. And I kind of just, Looked at him and go, well, I guess I'll play bass now. That's literally how I got my start as a bass player. Wow. What was that band's name? <laughs> Do you remember? First, first band's name was Autumn Garage. Ooh, that's <laughs> it, it was, good. It was, it was the most punk band we could come up with. So, <laughs> so let, me, let me guess. It's, uh, it's Autumn out and you're in a garage. <laughs> and you said, let's uh, uh, call it Autumn Garage. That is absolutely correct. It was our favorite time of the year, and we we were a garage band. We were such a terrible garage band. We didn't even have concrete floors. We had dirt floors. Oh, gee, <laughs> love it. <laughs> uh, 
But after that, you know, I uh, met some friends in high school that were also in a country band. And I, I realized very quickly that living in South Texas or in Texas in general, punk music is not quite the most popular thing compared to country music. And, and I did have roots in country music as well. So it seemed befitting just to kind of take that direction. Now, were you self-taught with the bass when you picked it up? Was it one of those things when you started learning? Obviously, there's not YouTube around. Did you take lessons or you picked it up and just naturally was able to pick it up by listening? Never had a lesson. Just kind of just grabbed it and went with it and did the best that I could. I I had a few friends that were in bands that kind of mentored me a little bit. I, I do credit Billy High out there who... Anybody from South Texas would know who Billy is, but he, he took the time out of his schedule on the road to, to really like show me, okay, this is what you kind of want to need to do. And it, it was very influential early in my career that this guy who was a phenomenal guitar player would actually spend time teaching this young kid who had no idea what he was doing. And, and that guided me a long way. Uh, I even had the pleasure uh, later in life of getting playing the same band as Billy as a bass player and him on guitar. And that was, that was very, very rewarding to get to play with one of your heroes. That's right. Absolutely. And after you started playing bass and you left your punk band, what happened next? What did you do next? Well, we went into the Texas scene, as so it's called uh, now these days. I kind of got around the New Braunfels area and really started to realize that, you know, music was a possible direction. I was learning a lot about original music, not just covers. And I spent about three or four years in the New Braunfels quote unquote scene where I really kind of honed my craft as a bass player and, you know, kept working towards that goal. You know, from there, it's just been a nonstop train ever since then of playing bands and constantly being on the road. This, uh, I know we're, we'll probably talk about the quarantine here in a little bit. This is the longest break that I've ever had from a stage since I was 16 years old. You can only imagine, can only imagine. How long has that Going back to 16. Uh, I'm 36 now, so okay. it's, it's been quite a while. That is a long time. I just try to continue to act young as well. I mentally stopped growing after 25, so I'm, I'm happy as can be to act like a kid all the time. I love it. I hear you. We're with you. Definitely with you on that. So at what point did you go full time with playing bass? Were you working other jobs uh, leading up? And what did that look like for you? After high school, uh, I continued to play in bands on the side, but I went in the construction industry. The college thing didn't pan out for me. I I didn't think it was the move for me. So my dad introduced me to a friend that started teaching me how to do surveying or being a surveyor's assistant. Both of those uh, careers at that time, you know, playing music in my construction career, I just kept growing to where I, by the time I quit my job to play music full time, I was a project manager. And I was building roadways, uh, built a couple of bridges, a whole mess of just drainage and water infrastructure. I, I really did have a construction career and I gave it all up to be a musician. <laughs> and when was that? About two to three years in playing for Cody. Oh, it wow. wasn't wow. that that long ago, but once Cody finally started picking up steam, the shows just, the best way to describe it was I was killing myself trying to burn the candle at both ends and had to make a choice. And I'll never forget. I went to Cody and and I looked at him. I said, I've got to choose, you know, either it's going to be in my construction career or music. And Cody looked at me dead square in the face. He goes, well, if you choose music, he goes, I promise you I'll never fail. And he has lived up to his agreement. 
That's amazing. I love that to hear is, that. That's pretty amazing. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it seems like you have to have almost a second avenue for income while you figure it all out, right? You hear that all the time with musicians that, as you like to say, you, you got to feed your passion, right? So I got to get Pay food on the passion. table. Yeah. <laughs> until you get right. to that point. Yeah. <laughs> and to get in the position that you're in to be able to at least make that decision. Yeah, I think this thing is going to work. Let's do this thing. It's, it's just phenomenal. Going back to Cody Johnson, at what point did you hook up with him and start playing with him? Because it sounds like it was pretty early on uh, when you're with him, because obviously it's only been three or four years ago where you, where you had to make that decision to go full time. Uh, I've actually been with Cody uh, nine years now. Literally just this week, I hit my nine-year mark with the band. That's amazing. Uh, prior to that, I was playing with one of the guys I kind of call my second dad, Jared Birmingham. And he's he's a country artist that uh, had a good single that charted pretty high. And he, like I said, I was playing with Billy. You know, he, that was the same band we were in. And Jared taught me such a phenomenal amount of country music education. And I, I went in as a amateur in country music and came out with a degree in, in country music of understanding the history and exactly what it's like to be a part of country music. But to circle back around, I met Jody, our fiddle player, during my time with Jared. And we were both playing with bands that were full of older people. So I saw this young kid on the road. He saw me and we kind of got to be buddies out there. Through that time, being friends, Jody came by the house one day and he knew I was happy with playing with Jared. And he goes, hey, do you know any bass players looking for a gig? I said, well, who's it for? He said, Cody Johnson. I said, well, I'll throw my name in the hat. He just kind of looked at me. He goes, really? I said, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Uh, lo and behold, about a week or so later, I was having an audition with these guys, and Jody wasn't even there. And I'll, the point of this story is I'm always kind of the class clown in the group, but I, I showed up to this audition with four guys that I had no idea who they were and just kind of sat in the corner and played my parts. They said, yeah, you know, if you want to be a part of the band, you're more than welcome to. So I agreed and got my car and started heading back to Austin. They called Jody on the phone. They said, yeah, uh, Joey worked out great. Good bass player. And they said, real quiet, though. Jody kind of looked at me and goes, are you sure the right guy showed up to the audition? <laughs> <laughs> was, that a, was that a stressful audition? Or was it like, yeah, I'm going to go in and try it out, see what happens. Were you pretty calm? And then the other question, when somebody gets into a situation for audition, is one of those things where you just jump in and say, do you know this song? Or do you know that song? Or are they throwing music at you? Like, I need to read sheet music. How does that work? They sent me the list of songs they wanted me to, to be prepared to play. Sat down and did my charts and showed up and kind of had my charts there, but just played along with the music. And other guys have done that to me where they kind of throw you to the wolves, uh, you know, play this and you're pretty much no idea what it is. And so it turns <laughs> right. out to be a train wreck. Uh, my, <laughs> first, my first audition with Jared was actually a complete train wreck and it took the second audition to actually get the gig. So yeah, it's <laughs> probably a little unnerving uh, when you're put on the spot to see how much you know, I guess, versus getting uh, preparation work in before you go in it has to be a little nicer i would say yeah, right yeah, definitely is it's always nice to know what what kind of material you're going to be playing in there so you have time to sit down and actually rehearse that that definitely helps a lot so at that point i would assume probably a lot of weekends at bars like you said the circuit around texas you going out of state at this point uh starting out with cody yeah pretty early we started doing the oklahoma area and then it kind of just expanded from there new mexico louisiana so on and so forth yeah pretty much my weekends have been gone you know or out of question for quite a few years now i basically assume i don't have weekends anymore 
my weekends are typically Monday and Tuesday where I take the time to relax a little bit and recoup from the road. So tell me the vehicles you're in. Vans, cars, <laughs> all the above. Uh, oh, man. When I started with Cody, he didn't even have a van yet. So they were rolling around in Cody's pickup truck. And uh, I was in the Austin area, so I was a little bit further away. So Jody and I just rode up and down the roads in my little trailblazer. And about the time, uh, uh, give or take a year or so, Cody bought his first van. And it wasn't a 14 or 15 passenger, it was a 12 passenger van. So it was a little bit smaller. <laughs> and we rode that thing all the way through Texas, Canada, and back. Wow. I mean, we literally drove the wheels off of it until Cody was on the side of 59 in South Texas, throwing everything out of it of this van quitting. He said, next week, I promise you, we'll have another van. That was the following week. We had a brand new 15 passenger van. We were <laughs> high on the hog. We, we, uh, we drove that quite a few years until our first tour bus finally came along. And I'll, I'll never forget. We went longer in a van than most bands average or typically do on their success rate, success rate, excuse me. Uh, to the point that a, a lot of our friends around the industry were even asking like, why are we all not in the bus yet? And, the long story short of it is Cody was very, very smart about, you know, managing money and, and not getting too far ahead of yourself and, and stretching yourself thin. But that first bus ride, we, we ordered up a round of shots on the bus and all took a shot together celebrating our first run on a tour bus. It was very rewarding. I always wanted that since I was a kid. I saw those tour bus and I, I knew I wanted one. I wanted to be on one of those. That's awesome. That is a really cool story. I love it. So um, talking about the tour, tell us what a typical day looks like when you're out there on tour, or maybe there isn't a typical day, but how do you keep yourself entertained? And I think you may like to work out. Tell us about that. And, uh, you know, how do you eat healthy? Tell us about the trials and tribulations of life on the road. We've all been up on a pretty big workout kick uh, here the last year or so. Everybody's kind of realizing we need to stay in shape and keep ourselves looking well, but it's all been a proactive thing. Everybody just, we, we want to keep living as long as possible and, and keep doing the things that we are. So it's best just to take care of yourself. Eating wise, it's a, it's very, very difficult to eat healthy on the road. Buses don't have stoves in them. So it's, you're kind of down to the microwavables and, and kind of what you can come up with out there. But we actually uh, carry a little George Foreman grill with us on the road. And when we don't have catering, which has kind of become a little bit of a normal thing now for us. But those, those occasions where we don't, we pull out the George Foreman and we'll do anything from hot dogs to pork loin or whatever we can come up with. And just try to eat as, as, as good as possible on the road. Yeah. Which, like I said, it's, it's very difficult. And you can go to restaurants all the time. But when you're out on the road as much as we are, that tends to be very, very expensive after a while. So you kind of, you have to be a little bit smarter about it. Yeah. Cody started kind of on the workout train himself and, and we actually carried a trainer on the road with us for about a year, uh, which all of us were, were signed on with. And my whole reason behind it was, is I've always been a skinny guy and I kind of just needed to get in better shape and actually looked a little bit more weight than I have been my whole life. But it, it was a better, more so the, better taking care of yourself. Like I said, yeah. I, I want to keep doing this for a long time. So you got to kind of stay in shape or you'll get pretty lazy and nobody wants a ugly, lazy guy to be sitting on their stage. <laughs> so, <laughs> there, there's a part of it that's kind of, you know, the marketability of it. Uh, right. 
you know, just keeping yourself looking good and, and taking care of yourself while we do have the time out there, yeah. which Jody and I are, uh, everybody in the band kind of has their workout buddy and Jody's kind of my workout buddy and we keep ourselves held accountable and try to get at least four workouts in while we're on the road for a full week. I can imagine it's hard to get on a bus after a, a nice night. Probably you're amped up. You stay up probably a little bit later, you know, maybe a few drinks and you're waking up into another city and sun's out. You're crawling out of bed and you're like, I got to go work out. So walk me through that process. Is it <laughs> your manager's telling you, hey, there's a gym down the road or you're setting up from a trailer out back? Uh, you're doing just some hills, you know, running up the hill at the amphitheater. How do you guys find a place? <laughs> Uh, we carry some dumbbells, the little selectable weight dumbbells. We've got about four of those on the road and some resistance bands. We're playing some pretty big, bigger venues now. I won't lie. And a lot of them do have gyms into them or oh, wow. will have you access to a, a gym pretty close by. But I'm, I'm more of one of those awkward people that don't like to work out around other people. So we typically stay around the bus and just do our little CrossFit routines there. But you know, going back to your question, as far as a typical day on the road, uh, we've been out with Miranda Lambert earlier this year, and this is where I learned the difference between a touring band and a tour. You know, as a touring band, every day's different. The venues are different. The times are different, things like that. When we got on the road with Miranda, everything is, is the exact same for the most part every day. So you do develop a bit of a routine. But we would get up, have lunch. About two o'clock, we'd go work out. Sound check was at four. Uh, we take typically around an hour for sound check. By that time you, you get off, you know, you kind of piddle fart around a little bit, grab some dinner. And I will say this, nobody knows this about us yet, but uh, about an hour, hour and a half before showtime, we kick everybody off the bus. The band and the crew have their own bus. Cody's separate now, but we'll kick everybody off the bus and we'll crank up our classic rock playlist and start getting dressed and, Kind of act like a bunch of kids for a little while and just get amped up for the show. It's a lot of fun. It's my favorite thing. That's great. I love that <laughs> so, so much. It's like my, their it's walk-up song. It's, a pre-game, it's your man. walk-up song. Pre-game, that's and, right. And I always have to play Rockin' Through the Night by 38 Special. That's a guitar player's favorite song, and I love watching him just sing and act it out. It's, it's, I live for that every night. It's great. <laughs> I bet it was amazing on Miranda's tour. That was probably another step, right, in your in your journey yes absolutely this was a it was an introduction to the to the nashville artists the way that they tour and like i said what a what being on a real tour is like i I always heard about i'm on tour i'm on tour but this was actually being on tour and it made sense It, it was a bit intimidating marina's got a great band and a great show and and you know they keep that bar set pretty high for us to be able to to keep up with but uh, it's they're they've been the nicest people in the world. We we've, we've watched uh, how they work, and we take what we see them doing, and we apply it to our own situations. And just try to keep getting as best as possible. So now that we're into this crazy pandemic, and everybody's kind of sitting around waiting for things to open up, what's life been like for you right now? Uh, I would imagine that, as you mentioned earlier, that. You know, this is probably the longest time you've had off. You've been on the road for quite a long time. How are you holding up? What are you doing? And what's the plans coming out of this thing? I mean, imagine the tour's either been postponed or I guess the word they're using now is postponed. Nobody's really totally canceling yet. But yeah, they keep rescheduling dates. You know, we've heard the uh, certain blocks after the first week went down, it you know it continuously growed from there. 
Uh, personally, I have been locking myself in my garage and I've got a little bit of a wood shop going where I'm just building some furniture that my girlfriend has requested me to build for her. <laughs> but mainly, you know, I, and I had this conversation with uh, Colton, our, our merchandise guy, uh, when I went and did the helped out on the Cody videos, the Facebook live streams for the first one. You know, I looked at him and I said, you know, it's crazy because when you get off the road, you know when you're going back to work. So you've got X amount of time to do everything you can before you have to go back to work. And so there's those things where you keep putting off and putting off and I'll, I'll get to that later. Uh, man, I've been catching up on every single thing that I've put off for the last five years. So it, it's <laughs> really, really good to get caught up on these things and, and not have that pressure of I've got to hurry. I've got to do this, this and this before I go back to work. It, it's very relaxing. Very, very relaxing to go at your own pace for a while. Are you uh, keeping up with practice? Keeping fresh with uh, the strings? <laughs> <laughs> a break is Are probably... you still training those those hands? That mind? Well, uh, I've got to go pull up my guitar and practice this week because we're fixing to do a, a, a Facebook stream uh, full band for the first time since we've been off. So unfortunately, no, I have not been practicing. And if Cody hears this, they're going to laugh at me. But... Uh, <laughs> Now, I've taken a break. I've actually kind of lost all the calluses on my finger from playing so long, so I better go get my butt back in the rehearsals room <laughs> and, and get, get the rust off pretty fast. I'm sure you'll have quite the lead-in. You'll, you'll know pretty far in advance, at least a few weeks. I, I would think so. It's, it, it's so crazy just to even try to speculate what this all is going to shake down yeah. to, to look like and uh, when they'll actually allow concerts again we are kind of freaking out over here ourselves <laughs> missing <laughs> them so much so much it's our it's, favorite thing the, to be in the music industry right now is a very very scary time and because we don't all know when we are going to go back to work cody has taken very good care of us we're very fortunate people i mean there's a lot of my friends out there that have no idea when they're going to go back to work, you know, how they're going to have their income come back. And so they're having to do other jobs and things like cleaning cars and mowing grasses and these other side projects just to be able to pay the bills. And yeah. that's, that's very scary. You got to remember in the music industry, there is no real retirement. You know, there's, you'll hardly ever hear of any bands having a 401k program and things <laughs> like that. So right. it's, uh, you have to be very, very not very financially smart or, or precautious so that you don't get yourself in the corners like a lot, I think a lot of folks are in right now. And that's scary. I know being a musician, there there's a couple of things. One, what goes up must come back down. Nobody's George Strait or Elvis. So I, I know <laughs> that longevity-wise, I, I am going to have to look at what comes after the music as far as retirement and things like that. It, it scares me. Uh, but, and that's the other thing too, is, you know, what is going to be my, my options as far as God forbid, knock on wood, you know, this thing doesn't a, a lot more abruptly than I anticipate. You know, I, I keep looking at all, oh, I'll go back to construction and things like that as sort of a, a fallback. And I pray every day, I never have to touch another job site again, as long as I live. That's, that's, that's the, that's the hopes. And that's what I keep hoping for every day. Well, Joey, I happened to see a couple of the pieces of furniture you built. I think it was a nightstand, maybe? Is it a nightstand? Yes. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mark. I'll have to show you, Andy. It is beautiful. So you can certainly, <laughs> certainly do that. 
Thank you. I'm, I'm actually working on my second set right now because I had quite a few people send me messages saying, I'll buy this from you. And I said, well, you're going to have to fight my girlfriend for this set, but I'll start on another <laughs> set and see who wants them. <laughs> the new side hustle. That's right. It's a new that's side right. hustle. You bring it back, you know, what you just said about the ups and downs. And that's one thing I admire about uh, musicians is that it is like you got to take that leap, right? You got to have the faith that this is going to work out. You take the lumps. You go for years and years on the road like you have. The The clouds part, you you hook up with a guy that you, you see a vision with, and he takes you on that ride, and boom, it's like you're the one percenter. That's what I was saying. It's like you're the one percent. You're making it happen. You don't have to have a, a side hustle per se, and you're living out the dream, which is admirable. And most people will not take that leap, right? I mean, we've we've been in a situation. We had a, a talented daughter doing the dance thing and in high school, and then you know it's like, now what do you do? She loves it so much, but you're like, you know how difficult this is. You know, you don't want to talk him out of it. There's a realistic viewpoint to it, and you just gotta let them figure it out for themselves. Else, you know, you're the bad guy. <laughs> but that's why I a tremendous respect yeah. for, you know, Thank the you. drive and energy and what you put into it. Just and the uh, guts, you, uh, yeah. the guts to go for it's it. It's pretty yeah. amazing. Uh, I have an 18 year old nephew that is also playing bass and he is wanting to follow in his uncle's footsteps very, very closely. And me and his mom have, have kind of sat down and talked to him. And his mom says it best. She goes, look, your uncle, that's an exception to the rule. That's not how the normal music stuff goes. He's just been very, very lucky in, in his career. And she is exactly right. You know, yep. uh, we are very, very fortunate to be on the, a part of the team with Cody. And I appreciate that every day, but you're exactly right. This is a very, you know, like you said, it's, it's very similar to professional sports in its own sake of getting to that point is highly doubtable. It, mm -hmm. it really is. It's a, it's a big gamble. And whether or not that gamble is going to pay off, I mean, that, that's up to the circumstances in this world and timing and everything like that. And I don't know. I don't know how I feel butt backwards into the situation that I am, but <laughs> thank the good Lord above for putting me where he's at right now. Oh, <laughs> you got it. Love it. That's so good. In your spare time, when there isn't a pandemic going on, we learned a little bit about your your band peaches and cream can you tell us about it i love uh, i think when you google peaches and cream it. it comes up an r&b group right peaches and cream no, I think, no that's peaches and herbs oh i think peaches and herbs my, my dad's 100 percent polack and he still doesn't get the peaches and cream he always tells me are you playing that cookies and cream band <laughs> that's awesome Right about the time that Jody and I started hanging out towards the end there of the days with Jared and beginning with uh, Cody, we were just going around some of the bars in New Braunfels and they would have open mic nights and we were, uh, we were terrible people. We'd walk right up to some of the guys that would finish playing. Hey, can we borrow your guitar? Yeah. We'd get up there and start just doing a little song swap back and forth. Finally, one bar manager looked at us one night and goes, well, what do you call your band name? And Jody goes, well, I'm Peaches and he's Cream. So we just hold <laughs> with the name, but it's been our, it's been our break from reality. You know, I love doing everything that I get to do on the road with Cody. It's, it's my livelihood. It's what I live for every day. 
but there's there's that certain monotony, you know, of the repetition of over and over mm-hmm. kind of the same songs and things like that. Once again, not complaining about mm-hmm. that with Cody. Mm-hmm. But what we do in Peaches and Cream is, is we get to play songs that, you know, we get to pick and, and things like that. And we're kind of an 80s, 90s country cover band, if you will, where we just go and pick some of the best songs from those eras and we just cover them and people seem to have a lot of fun. You know, it's it's kind of like a jukebox. Every single song, you'll see somebody out there go, oh, I love this song. I remember this song. It's actually gained some popularity where you know, we're getting to do some pretty neat gigs as well with Peaches and Cream, and it's a lot of fun. It's it's getting to cut up and kind of have a little bit more fun and get in a little bit more trouble than we could with the normal normal situation. <laughs> right, understood. That's awesome. <laughs> Jordan had mentioned to us that you have been known to play the stand-up bass. When do you play I, that, typically? I just got my stand-up bass about two years ago. Cody started bringing in this bluegrass section into the show and, and looking at that, it was, well, how do I, as a bassist, you know, start joining in on the bluegrass stuff instead of just standing out there with my electric. So I borrowed a stand-up bass from my buddy Chase with Shane Smith and the Saints and just had to kind of relearn how to play bass with no frets on it. So it's, it's been a learning experience and it still is to this day. I'm not the strongest stand-up player in the world, but I keep working at it. It's a neat instrument. It, you can do some things differently that you can't do on an electric bass, and I'm, I'm realizing these things now, so it's a lot of fun. Stand-up bass is a lot of fun, and it's bigger than me, and I hate packing it around, but <laughs> finally get all set up and plugged in. It's, it's fun to play. I always wonder that, because we go to Nashville a lot, and um, there's a, a couple bars on Broadway. They'll have a stand-up bass, and I'm like, you know, you see the artists walking around with the guitars on their back, and I'm like, I, I would love to see that bass player. Like, yeah. oh, what does you he look like on the street sure. with that thing? <laughs> I just hop that thing over my head and kind of walk up the stairs with it, people kind of giving me looks, I'm like, just leave me alone. <laughs> but no, it's a, it's a really fun instrument, and I have enjoyed playing it. Earlier on, you mentioned something about being the jokester of the group. Do you have any examples you can share with us of the types of pranks you like to play on your bandmates? I'm kind of just the overall goofball around the band. I'll I'll come up with witty ways to kind of mess with the guys in a little bit. You know, Miles, uh, when he got onto the band, and, and Miles came in a few years after I did. We didn't go into this together. He came into the band and we got on the bus and I said, all right, you're the new guy in the band. And that means you sit down when you pee. And you keep sitting down when you pee until I tell you otherwise. And I kept ragging on him so hard. And I've picked on Miles for well over 15 years now. And eventually he's going to pay me back. Just kind of gags like that. We'll yeah. pick on the guys back. We have a lot of fun on the road. And you have to have a little bit of thick skin, but it's, it's like a brotherhood. You know, you're out there on the road we spend more time with our bandmates than we do our own significant mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. you know, our families and things like that. So it's, it's like a tight knit family. And yeah, we do get mad at each other every once in a while, but at the end of the day, we love each other. You know, we work well together and that's why we're out there on the road. But yeah, I'm the class clown on the group. So you can typically find me doing some pretty silly things on the road that I cannot go into detail. I understand. (laughs) Yep. That's the one thing is uh, you really have to get along with the other bandmates else. You're probably not going to last too long in the group. Uh, You guys are traveling around. Like you said, that's, that is your family. You spend more time with them. 
I won't like, you know, we've had some guys come and go through the years and and personalities do change and things like that. But Cody always said it best. He goes, don't just hire the musician. You got to hire the man too. Mm -hmm. And that really stuck with me because yes, they have to be talented, but you also have to be able to stare at them for 10, 12 hour days on the road when there is nobody else around and not kill each other. You know what, Joy? I think that's a sound bite of this podcast that is uh, the key to success, I'm sure. Before we kind of start to wrap up here, tell me what I'm seeing behind you. What do you have hanging there? Are those all? Those are my laminates from the years. My first two years with Cody, I kept them all on a, on a clip thing on the side of my backpack. And fortunately, one night, somebody grabbed them and took off with them. Oh. So now I keep it to the minimum on my, on my pass hanger, lanyard, whatever we call it, uh, just a little carabiner. But I'll bring them home and they... Uh, get put up on the wall behind me and they're kind of, they're starting to rack up a little bit actually. So I might have to put another board up there. It's, it's one of those things of, Hey, I've, I've done this much, you know, I've been here and done these things. So it's kind of neat to keep them as memorabilia. Yep. It's really well neat. deserved. It looks really neat. So what's next for Joey Prusky? Going to go ahead and continue to, you know, to be on the road with Cody. Uh, this past year, I won't lie. I, did actually debate whether or not I wanted to retire from touring. I was tired. I was worn out. It had been a long summer. And, you know, I did question, do I want to keep going? Or or maybe is this a time to start looking at other options? And I uh, realized I was probably out of my mind. And I'm going to finish what I started. Uh, I've put in this many years, you know, into music ever since I was a child. And, and I'm in a position now. I'm, I'm, I'm not stopping. I, I'm going to go ahead and see this to the end. So being out on the road with Cody is going to continue to be my main priority and my main focus. Personally, looking at moving back home closer to my folks uh, so I can start spending some more time with them. And My family has sacrificed a lot with me being gone. You know, they understand when it's holidays, hey, I can't be there, you know, things like that. And they're always been, oh, that's fine. We understand. But now that schedule is kind of starting to get a little bit more relaxed as far as we're not doing so many dates a year. We have a little bit more travel days, but we do get certain blocks and times off. And so I try to run home and see my family as much as possible because they they really have been the foundation behind me getting to do this crazy dream. I love them to death. I, I owe them that, that much gratitude. So I think it's time to start getting a little bit closer home so I can start taking care of mom and dad too as they start to get older and be the good son that I can try to be. Yeah, good man. But other than that, you know, we're just going to, we're just going to keep going down the road and, and doing what we love. And like I always tell people, I say, we're just a bunch of dumb kids that love to play country music. And that's what we do every night. Oh, that's that's the best. That's the best. And hopefully this rest with COVID and everything was a bit of a welcome break, at least for, I guess, a mental break to be able to relax and be home and, and everything. And hopefully that'll, that'll help. Yeah, re-energize. I, re-energize, right, right. I, I have recharged my batteries. I'm I'm ready to go back to work, and, and I we've joked amongst the band, but whoever gets to watch that first Cody show when we go back to work, they're <laughs> in one heck of a show. <laughs> you, you, they've kept the horses pinned up a little too long, and so when we finally get to go back to work, I think we're going to come out of the gate swinging. We are going to follow that very closely. Oh yeah, we want to be there. <laughs> we want to be there. So, Joey, where can everybody find you? I mean, we we know we can follow Cody's tour dates once everything kind of kicks off again. But other than that, how can how can listeners connect with you? 
as far as social media wise, my Twitter and Instagram handles are J underscore dub underscore P. I don't know why I still go with that. I probably need to change it. <laughs> but, uh, you can find me on, on Instagram and Twitter that way. You can search my name on, on Facebook and, you know, give me a follow. And I typically try to follow people back. As far as personally want to find me, I'm typically at the tap here in College Station, which is my favorite bar in the world. And I'll typically be having a beer, hanging out with my music buddies. And we just kind of shoot the, shoot the bull and have a few drinks and, you know, just enjoy our time off. But that's my favorite bar in the world. And I've done quite a few crazy things in there. And how they still let me go in is, is a mystery <laughs> to me. That's awesome that's too. Beautiful. Yes. And, and peaches and cream. I almost said herb. Peaches and cream. <laughs> peaches and cream. Too. I, I did stalk your, your Facebook. And um, I stalked Facebook and found that the band has a Facebook page. So we can follow along where you're playing there too. We'd love to come and see you playing that fun band sometime too yep. yeah and it's it's uh i know most folks listening out there are gonna look at peaches and cream it's cream c-r-e-m-e we've decided to be fancy with the cream name so <laughs> if you want to look us up on facebook you gotta do it the alternate spelling <laughs> change it up <laughs> well you're cream so you must have got fancy there when it came down to um, it <laughs> oh my name gets ruined all the time nobody nobody gets the c-r-e-m-e usually it's typically the other way around so i, I just go with it it's just what i want to do yeah well, Joey Prusky, I have to say, because when I when we started going down this road to, to interview you, I love your last name, but I have to ask you, as the owner of the name, do you like Prusky? Because I'd imagine my first thing was Prusky, right? Do you get that a lot? All the time. Okay. <laughs> you, All you're right. not very time. original, babe. I'm not very original, but... <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, you know, when I go to pick something up like a prescription or even if I go to close my tab at the bar it's you know but what's the last name it's Prusky and they'll look at me and they go I don't have any Brewskis under it's Prusky with a P <laughs> so that has become a normal thing for me and I'm used to it all the time but hey a, I like cool. it it does I'm that's a great name <laughs> gotta love it thank you so much for for doing this with us I'm glad things are safe I'm glad you're on the road Obviously, very successful, and uh, kudos to you. Once you get back on the road, safe travels, and I'm sure we'll catch you, hopefully, when you get around in uh, our area. Also, guys, thank you all again so much for having me. It's it's always nice to get to talk about what we do on the road, because like, everybody does interview the main artists, and, and that's rightfully so. Their name's on, on the marquee up front, but it's always fun to, to be one of the band guys and get to sit down and talk to folks about what we do out there. So I, I really do appreciate y'all having me on on the show. and getting to hear me babble on for a little while <laughs> it was great it, it was, was great so good we appreciate you so much hope to well, see thank you soon. again yep thank yes you. yes y'all stay in contact and hopefully we'll get to cross paths very soon as well you got it Thanks for listening to the B-Side Podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.